Tonight's message one and that we had planned to do for a long, long time. And then the headlines erupted, decisions were made, controversies have happened. And uh, I'm glad we're talking about this now. But what I want to say to you, if you're brand new here or brand new online, is this. Crossroads has never wavered from our commitment to this, this, on this issue. Why? Because we do not find our truth in the controversy of the moment. Uh, we do not find our truth in culture. We find our truth in the timeless word of God. And that's what we hold to. Yeah. We're going to be talking about that tonight. And so when it comes to theology, what is the theology of life? And it's about life. It's about life. And I, I want to be sensitive to you. I also want to be able to give a bigger answer. So here's what I want to tell you. Uh, the team I have got with me and said, hey, what if we do this? Let's gather some of our most current messages that can go in depth on this topic and put them in a place where any of you can find it. And we did that. If you go to crossroadschurch.family, you're going to find uh, Pam's testimony there in a longer version than you're going to hear tonight. Uh, you're going to find answers we give scripturally in more in depth than we're going to be able to go into tonight. But also, here's what you're going to see. Those are messages from the past that, that we're not based in this current controversy. Why? We've always taught this. We've always held to it. And then I know that there are some tonight who this is going to be hard to hear this. And let me just tell you, this, we are not attacking anybody. And for Pam and I, it's hard to share this, okay? Because we have to go back before the Lord our God and be reminded of something we'll never be able to take back and sin we committed. And it's only by God's grace that we could even be with you tonight. I also want you to know if you're brand new that uh, we have talked to this church about when we have been at our worst, Pam and I have been our worst. And you know what, Crossroads, you've loved us through it. That's the kind of church you are. And uh, that's who we are. But we don't get conformed to culture. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Then look at this next part. Look at it closely. Do not be conformed to this world. Hey, all the believers here, do not be conformed to politics. Do not be conformed to the culture. Do not be conformed to the comfort of the moment. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So uh, tonight we want to talk to you about a, a very important, important issue, so important that I would say without a doubt it's a life and death issue. Uh, but to, to help us have this uh, conversation better, to help us go into God's truth better, uh, we have two people who are going to be sharing with me and with you tonight, and I would love for you to welcome them. The first is, uh, without a doubt, I know you already know this looking at her, the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth, yes. my wife, Pam. So, yeah. And Jordan, I'm sorry, but I oh, think that... No, yeah. Yes, all your things that you're the most beautiful woman on the world, right. uh, which is either way we cheer that on, right? But uh, no, my wife Pam is, I would say this, the, one of the, the most Christ-like woman I've ever met, most Christ-like person I've ever met, and it's born out of a lot of hurt and pain, and it's definitely based in the grace and love of God. Uh, and uh, we had, we're going to talk about heartbreak we've experienced, but let me say this to all of us again, 
Um, this could be heartbreaking, what we're about to talk about, but we're doing it uh, with the knowledge that God is the one who puts your hearts back together and makes it better than it's ever been before. And so uh, we'll be talking about that. And then uh, I was super excited. Uh, Pam and I, I wanted Jordan Sawyer, uh, or Jordan uh, McKee. Ah, Jordan Sawyer. I know. <laughs> My family and I, we struggle with this last name too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Jordan, man, we love you. We care about you. I think it's really important though. Uh, not only are you Sawyer's wife, and not only are you an amazing part of our Crossroads family, tell everybody what you do. Yeah, so I work at a crisis pregnancy center here in Corona called Corona Life Services. Uh, and there I wear a couple hats. Yeah, a clap. Yeah, See over yeah. there? <laughs> um, and I am the client services coordinator. I am an educator on our sexual risk avoidance education grant. And I'm also the assistant to the executive director. So I hold a few hats. Okay, yeah, 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 and you do, you do. And uh, by the way, with uh, what I already, I'm just going to speak something they could already pick up with incredible passion. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, I know you just thank God that you get to be in the position you're Absolutely. in getting to do what you yeah. get to do. And by the way, we thank God that you get to do that too. Um, and again, this is a time where we have seen this nation caught and divided into another controversy uh, because the Supreme Court made a decision that Roe versus Wade would not be the law of the land. And then the, our country divided over that, and people got upset over that. Uh, and uh, we know that's true. Uh, and we believe that we need to bring God's truth, kindness, and love to this situation. Uh, but I think it's very interesting what part of the division is that's happening right now. Uh, the Wall Street Journal in March of 2022 found that 55% in the U.S. believe that abortion should be legal and available. That means that 45% does not agree with that. Forbes magazine reported a month later that most Americans believe abortion should not be done on a baby after 15 weeks, uh, which I'm going to get to that more in a minute. But that was actually how Forbes magazine uh, uh, titled that particular section, that 55% that of Americans do not believe that abortion should be done on a baby after 15 weeks. Uh, so why was 15 weeks the choice would be a question I would have us think about. Why was that uh, what was asked? And then I, um, I'm just going to go ahead and get it out there. They said the abortion should not be done on a baby. That's not the Bible, even though the Bible is going to say for sure it's a baby. But one of the leading magazines in the country used the word right away baby. And uh, we don't want to miss that. So as we talk about this issue, it's very, very personal to Pam and I. Uh, I hope it's personal to you, but it's very personal to us. And uh, Pam, talk about why it's personal to us. Yeah, it's so personal. Um, I just, I remember, I remember it all so clearly because it was so hard. Um, I remember getting the positive result, us not knowing what to do. We felt we had to tell our parents, so we did. Yeah, let's, uh, uh, for context, we were in high school. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, and we weren't married. And No, I was 17. Yeah. You're right, I was 17 years old and scared. There was no pro-life movement. There was no help um, other than our parents. But I remember going in and telling my mom, and she, we were, I was standing, we had a door here, and she was coming out, and I just... You know, you just have to get it out, so you just blurt it out. But I was standing at the bottom of the steps, and I said, Mom, 
I'm pregnant. And she took the door and she slammed it in my face. And that just hurt because I just wanted a hug. I just wanted to know it would be okay. I didn't, I didn't have anybody. So after a week or so, our parents decided that um, the best thing for me to do was to have an abortion. So we went into the clinic to get uh, counseling and they said it was just a massive tissue. There's, there's, no, um, there's no consequences in doing this. And besides, you have your whole life ahead of you. It's your senior year. You, you want to go to, you want to graduate. You want to go to the prom. You want to do all these things. So the best thing for you to do truly is to have the abortion because then you can just go on with your life. Well, I remember going in, I set the appointment. I remember going in and this was Christmas week, the week at, right after Christmas. And I remember going in and I was so cold. Honestly, I was cold going in, I think, because I was so nervous and scared. And I remember going in the back room, and they said that I was 13 weeks along, and that they'd have to put me to sleep because of the type of abortion that they'd have to do. Well, I was devastated, but it was okay. I think I'd rather be asleep than not. I remember waking up and feeling like I had done something so wrong. And I, I, I get pictured just going, trying to go back in time, trying to grab that back, just change my mind, knowing I couldn't change my mind. And I thought, I have to live with this for the rest of my life. I don't know. I don't know how. So it's very, very personal to me. It just. Yeah, and for you and I, um yeah, it's not a political issue. It's a personal no, it's issue. A per and it hurts. It hurts so much. And I don't want, the reason I can actually, Jesus is the only one that healed my heart. Seriously, I couldn't do anything until I let Jesus come into my heart. And I knew he could heal it. But honestly, I buried having the abortion because I thought, I don't, you know, I don't want to embarrass God and just, I'll just live with this shame of what I did. I'll hide it. And then uh, this young girl came to me and said, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to have sex. She was 13. I think I'm going to have sex. And I knew God right then telling me, you've got to tell her your story. And so I did. And that was the beginning, realizing that God didn't want me to keep it quiet. I had to get it out for me to be fully healed and fully whole. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure, mm -hmm. and there was no doubt, and since then, God has used um, our heartbreak, our sin, yes. our sin, um, to not only have us understand his love better, but to tell other people about his yes. love. Yes, yes, and I feel free to talk about it anytime, honestly, now, so and it's freeing, it's like the healing process because of what Jesus did for me. Yeah. Jordan, this is actually personal for you for a different reason. Yeah, it is. I mean, we see clients every single day from the ages of, let's see, um, as old as 40 or 45s to someone as young. We had the other day someone come in who was 15 years old. Um, so every single day we have women come in, some whose parents have walked them into our clinic. 
Um, we have women who come in who haven't told their parents anything, haven't told their partner anything, hasn't told anyone anything. Uh, so having girls come in, it's every day. Yeah, when we, we went to Planned Parenthood and um, they were not honest with us, they weren't truthful with us about what was happening and what would happen. Um, and when I look back, I, I know that that, we, we still take responsibility for oh, what we for did. For sure, I chose it. Um, but Jordan, what would you have said to a 17-year-old Pam who walked in, and maybe a 17-year-old Pam and Chuck who walked in to meet with you, you know, and she's feeling lonely, she's feeling afraid, she's feeling no one's with her, no one's for her, and she doesn't know what to do. Absolutely, yeah. This gets me emotional thinking about having Pam come out. But um, we would have 17-year-old Pam come in, and we would give her all of our services are free um, by the generosity of the donors and people who give to us. So we would be able to welcome you in. Uh, we would have her come and sit with someone, and that 17-year-old would turn into 17-year-old Pam as we would get to know her story, get to know what grade you're in, what is your favorite subject, how are you enjoying life, what's your favorite things to do, um, and upon your consent, it would, you would go from a 17-year-old, 17-year-old Pam, to 17-year-old Pam who's a child of God, and we'd present the gospel to you, um, because we know that, yes, we can give you the medical facts, but God can ultimately convict your heart, and he's going to walk through you with that. Um, but in that room we would give you, there's three options. I mean, when you um, become pregnant, you parent your child, we'd let you know that we won't just leave you. <laughs> we have a parenting classes um, that would lead you from that day up until your child is two years old. We would talk to you about adoption. Um, not necessarily letting you know, but for us to know, for every child, there's 90, or sorry, there's 39 families waiting. Um, so there is someone wanting your child. Um, there's people who cannot have a child but would love to walk through you in that. Um, and then we talk to you about the realities of abortion. Um, a lot of times we have girls come in who have never um, been really talked to what that looks like, um, the different stages, what that looks like for them emotionally, physically mentally, socially, with people around them, and of course, spiritually, and we'd walk you through each of those, of course, upon your consent as well. Um, after that, we would take you to the ultrasound room to meet your baby for the very first time. And that 13-week-old, you'd see that it is a baby. It's got two arms, two legs. It actually has a blood type. It has a gender. So you will meet your child who is a boy or a girl. Um, he or she will have fingernails, and she or he would be wiggling all around that ultrasound. Um, and, of course, we know that your boyfriend Chuck was safe, but we would make sure that your boyfriend is safe, and we would bring Chuck to meet his baby for the very first time as well. And while we were in there, we would also tell Chuck now about our men's program, that we're not going to just leave you either. Um, we care about you, but we care about you as well. Um, we'd let you know that we have a program to help you experience fatherhood or to experience, if God forbid, a miscarriage or an abortion, that there's people for you as well. 
Um, and then afterwards, we'd walk you guys out. We'd give you a picture for you guys to share, even if it's just for you to hold. Um, and we would check up on you up until your baby was born. Or if your baby was not born, we would, of course, talk to you about other services that we have. Yeah. And I, I would feel seen and heard and like I had real help. And I wish I had had the help, like having you in my life. And as a woman, you would have felt completely cared for, oh, completely valued, valued, completely loved. And, her, and had help. Like I had someone to talk to, somewhere to go to get help to answer the questions because I had nobody. There was no pro-life services back mm -hmm. then at all. So I just, I think I would have, I know I would have made a different choice. Unfortunately, we have so many girls who come in and they're like, you're the first person that told me that I could do this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, imagine if our society, if our church, if our people came together and rallied around one pregnant woman, whether she was 15, 13, all the way to 40, and was like, you can do this. You were made to do this, <laughs> right? Like, there's people who love you and will support you. I just feel like it would be completely different. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, and I totally agree. But I think what you just brought out, I hope everyone agrees with me on this, but I'm going to tell you what I heard and what I know is true. The lie of the enemy we're facing says we don't care about women. What you heard wasn't that caring about women. That, that, that was valuing women. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, and by the way, it's not a ploy. It's, it's not, it's from the heart. It's from yeah. the heart. And um, so what happens is we need to understand there's a, an, a, lie out there that says women are valued. Also, I don't want to get graphic at all, but this is the one procedure operation in reality that the other side doesn't want the person who's having it done on told what's happening. If you go in for any other operation, they're going to tell you everything you're going to face because that's called ethics. That's what you're supposed to do in the medical community. This is the only one they try to hide and cover up. But the Bible's clear. As a Christian, we can't do that. Uh, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 11. And by the way, for everybody who's a believer, listen to this. Listen to this. And if you're not a Christian, listen to why we have this, this calling from God. It says, deliver those who are being taken away to death. And those who are staggering to slaughter. And it says, oh, hold them back. Do whatever you can for the one who would be slaughtered. The one taken to death. If you say, see, we did not know this, does he not consider it who weighs the hearts? Does he not know it who keeps your soul? And will he not render to the man according to his work? If I stay silent on this subject, God is not going to be okay with me at all. If we as a church stay silent on this because the other side wants to silence us, that's not okay. And uh, we need to, to be those who stand for life, period. Life of the unborn child, life of the born child, life of the person with special needs, life of the elderly, life of anybody, life of someone who's of all races, tongues, tribes, and nations. The church of Jesus Christ is to stand and protect life.
And we have the power to do it. Why? Because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's not okay to say, stay out of this. Uh, it's not okay for us not to speak the truth. By the way, Jordan, the fact that you're a part of a, a ministry and a, and a calling that tells the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you guys Amen. are committed to the whole truth. Is, is really important. And I know that, you know, there are times there's pressures on what you, for people against you doing that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, in, um, we, because I'm, I think so much about kind of what you said is that when you go in for a procedure of anything else, they're going to tell you all of it. Um, so the fact that we have women coming in and men coming in who have never been taught this stuff, it's crazy to me. Um, and it makes it, it, but also it makes sense why women and people today believe that there's only one option. Mm-hmm. And, and it also makes sense today why people are so angry because they feel like that option has been stripped from them. Mm-hmm. But they don't have people who are coming and talking to them about there's so much more. Um, so just personally, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm a part of an organization that believes and a church that also believes that we deserve the right to know all of it. Yeah, and when I think back to our day, Pam, if you were 17-year-old Pam and I was with you and we went in to see Jordan and they took us in to see that, that ultrasound, we would have seen our babies had hands. We would have known the sex of our child. We would have known uh, so much about it. Our baby, by the way, may have smiled, may have yawned, and may have started sucking its thumb. And we would know. We would be able to look at that child and know before we make any other decision, before we do anything else. One of the most heartbreaking moments of my life, and I mean, I mean that seriously, is when I discovered the truth of what we did. And some people get angry about it, but what happened is I was in a setting where they were saying, hey, here's what happened to a child that age in an abortion. And I saw those pictures. And I heard the truth of the procedure. And I went out and I cried and I thought, Lord, I got to tell Pam. And so they allowed me to get copies. And I remember pulling up in the driveway thinking, how do I tell her? What's this going to do to her? But she has to know the truth. That was our baby. And uh, you remember that oh, day. I remember that day. And it was super heartbreaking. And I didn't want to see it. But I knew God was pressing on me. I had, I had to know the truth. And I had to hear and I had to see. And how hard it was to do that. But that was God working on my heart too. But because of that... I knew I had to speak out. I didn't want any, any other woman to have to go through the heartache that I went through, that, that there are other options and it doesn't have to hurt so much. And it's so, I still remember to this day, it's something you don't forget. And my baby would be 47 years old today. It's like, so hard. Yeah. Um 
we won't know for sure till we get to heaven, but I think it's a he. I we think prayed it's a about he. it too, and uh, his name is Matthew, mm-hmm. and would have been 47, and we would have had other grandchildren. Yes. Yeah, yeah. By the way, there's no doubt biblically that the baby's a child, that the baby's okay. a baby. Just so you know that, if you're a Christian and you believe in the Bible, the Bible is clear, the Bible's unequivocal, it's a baby. Uh, in the Old Testament, which was written in Hebrew, every single time it refers to an unborn child, it uses a, Greek, a Hebrew word, hara, which means that the woman is pregnant with child, or she's a woman with child. So I want you to know that. So the word there, pregnant, always means that she's with child, with child, with child. Uh, matter of fact, in our country, uh, it's not that many years ago that instead of saying a woman was pregnant, we actually used the term, you're with child. Uh, when you found out you had a child in the womb, they said with child, because it was born out of the Hebrew word and the Hebrew concept that the baby was a child. Uh, you can get it later in the notes, but look up here, and you'll see all of those verses are verses that say that the woman was with child, the woman was with child, the woman with, with, is with child. Judges 13.5 on that list, actually an angel told, told a woman, you will be with child. She wanted to have a baby so bad and not, thought she never would, and the, ba- and the, the, the angel appeared and said, you're going to be with child, meaning you're going to be pregnant. So in the Bible, every single time, it's with child. There's one in particular I think you already know. It's in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and it's talking about Jesus will be born one day. And it says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will what? Be with child. Talking about Mary, she'll be a virgin who will be with child and bear a son and she shall call his name Emmanuel. So in the Old Testament, every single time, the reference to the child in the womb is it's a child in the womb. The reference to the virgin is that she would have a moment she would be with child even though she was a virgin. Uh, The first time eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth is used. Now don't miss this. This is big. The first time an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is used is referring that if you injure a baby in the womb. A lot of people don't know that. But God wanted protection for the child in the womb. So in Exodus 21 verse 22 it says, If men struggle with with each other and strike a woman with child, a woman who's pregnant, so that she gives birth prematurely. See, there's no question we're talking about a woman who's pregnant. And if she's hit in such a way, she gives birth prematurely. Yet there is no injury. He shall surely be fined as the woman's husband may demand of him. Because he caused the child to be born prematurely, he's got to pay a penalty, a price for the potential of harming that baby. But it goes on to say this. It says... And he shall pay as the judges decide. Verse 23. But if there is any further injury to the child, by the way, then you shall appoint as a penalty life for life. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. So God is looking today at the United States, saying, what are you doing to these children? And whatever you've done to these children should be done to you. And he said, eye for eye, 
This is about a baby in the womb. This is the first time it's ever used in the Bible. Why? God wants those children protected. The safest place in all the world should be the womb of the mother. And God says that. He says, in church, you better rise up. Church, don't say you do not know. Church, you stand against the tide. I don't want you shutting your eyes, closing your ears, ignoring what's happening. You've got to be there. You've got to be there. Jeremiah, when he was in the womb, was called to be a prophet. Why? Because that baby in the womb had a calling from God. Uh, in Jeremiah 1, 4, and 5, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb. So by the way, every baby in the womb is formed by God in the womb. Is the handiwork of God. Psalm 139 goes into depth on that. And then it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And I wonder, what was our baby consecrated for? What was our baby meant to do? That we, we, we didn't let happen. We didn't protect. We didn't foster. I wonder that. Mary was really concerned when she was a virgin with child, which, by the way, she was a virgin with child. Jesus was a child in the womb. And she didn't know how anybody would react to that. And she went to the most unlikely source, her Aunt Elizabeth, who was the wife of a high priest. Uh, the wife of a high priest and a high priest, if a woman was pregnant before birth, could pronounce incredible judgment. And she went to see what would happen. And before she could say a word, Elizabeth starts calling out about how blessed she is to have Jesus. But it's an interesting way she does it. In Luke 4, 1, 41, it says... When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Now, again, notice that's the word baby. Baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And you know what the Bible says? That babies in the womb can know joy. Get ready for this. I bet most moms in the room will tell you, you know that's true. You know that that's true. By the way, uh, there comes a point where the baby can hear you, where the baby imprints your, the voice of the mother and the father upon itself. Uh, where the baby knows the emotions of the mother and the father. We know that scientifically is true and can react to that. And get ready for this. The baby can empathize. Can empathize. If you're a mom and you cry and you're hurting, your baby knows and cares. We know that scientifically, by the way. It's a baby. Uh, the, the Greek word for baby in the womb is brephos, meaning an unborn or newborn child. And by the way, that word is used for a baby inside the womb and a baby who's just been born. The Bible, which is inspired by God, and every word is inspired by God, only calls the baby in the womb a baby. And uh, we know that that's true. And again, all the verses I'm popping up for you to see, all of those call that a baby. And that's talking to a baby in the womb, a baby that's a child, a baby. Jesus 
in the womb was Jesus. Jeremiah was Jeremiah. John the Baptist was John. They were all who they were inside the womb with a great calling, with God's plan. And God says before a child's ever born, he writes out a plan for their life. Before he ever knits them together in the womb, he writes out a plan for their life. And so what we know is that God loves the baby in the womb. What we also know is that God continues to love the mother and the father who does not protect their child's life. I know I committed the greatest sin you could ever commit. And yet I know I'm forgiven by God. And that causes me not to say my sin wasn't a sin or that was okay. It causes me to say, oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a loving God. Yeah. And Pam, you, um, in the days that we lived in, had to try to go through all the healing by yourself. Yes, I did. And it was, it was scary, and I probably took way longer than I needed to if I'd had the help. But God, I know miraculously by his grace and more his kindness to me, led me to know without a shadow of a doubt that he loved me even though I did what I did. And I feel his love, I can trust his love, and I can speak freely now, I know, because he has truly forgiven me and I'm completely healed from that. Yeah, amen, yeah. So Jordan, what would you say to 64-year-old Pam who comes walking in and looks at you and says, here's what I did? I want to talk about it. I want to get it out. Yeah, um, I'm grateful. Again, I'm, I'm grateful for Corona Life Services in many different ways, but I would um, invite you to be a part of our post-abortion program. Again, we don't leave her with what she decided. Um, we love you because God loves you. Um, so we would, you would meet with a mentor and you would go through a book where you would receive healing and this book talks about God's love for you we've noticed that a lot of girls and, and women we have 60 year old women that are now realizing I can't believe I did that it took me 40 years plus years to realize what I did and my heart is hurting mm -hmm. there's a lot of shame um, that the enemy tries to use mm -hmm. to keep you from experiencing the healing that you have yes. experienced but I think for sure if um, you came to me and you were still feeling these things, I would 100% introduce you to this program because you deserve to be set free. And I, I would jump on that in a heartbeat to get the help. Mm -hmm. And knowing now that you can be free, it's like, ladies, seriously, if any of you are hurting, men, if you're hurting, mm -hmm. there's help for you. You don't have to live with that anymore. Please the help. It's freeing. It's very freeing. Praise God. He does not <laughs> leave us that way. Yes. And his grace and his love and his truth is available. Yes. It's for everyone. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the verses in the Bible that Pam and I cling to is this. 
Jesus says, where there is uh, much forgiveness, there's much love. And we love Jesus because he so forgives. So much, so much. And uh, I want you to know that if tonight you go, man, you know, some of the things you said hurt or some of the same things you said seem like, you know, this church isn't for you. That is so not true. You might feel that way in the moment. Let me say this. We know there's nothing you could ever do where Jesus Christ wouldn't love you and nothing you could ever do that he would not bring forgiveness and healing and, and hope and restoration into your life. Nothing. Amen. Nothing, yeah. And one of the joys that we experienced, and believe it or not, joy in the midst of all of this was that um, we, we found that Christians, real Christians came up to us when they found out what we did and said, how do we pray for you? How do we love you? How do... And no, I, no casting stones, no, no. attacking. And, and I promise I wouldn't do that to you. I promise I wouldn't do that to you. Pam would not do no. that to you. Jordan, your whole yeah. ministry is based mm-hmm. on not doing that. And uh, we, we just couldn't love you more than we do. Uh, and we want the best. But uh, we also want to stand for truth, and we want to go out and bring hope. And, and so that's what we're going to keep doing. And we're going to do it whether the world likes it or not. Um, and, you know, uh, I would say this. You know, I know some people are going, man, you know what? In this season, should the church talk about this? Let me give you the answer. Yes, we should. Yes, we should more than ever. And we've got our, to, to, to bring truth. We've got to bring teaching. We've got to bring education. We got to make sure all of that's out there. If you need to know more, and some some of you need to know more, we're now or online. If you go to info at coronalife.org, uh, you're going to be able to get incredible information uh, and be able to learn more. And by the way, you're going to be able to hear true truth without anything being hidden or covered. Uh, it's very very honest. Let me tell you the best part of it all. It's very personal. If you go to info at coronalife.org, Jordan's going to get with you. Uh, and, and she's going to, and, and it's, it's about care. It's about care. It's about love. It's about, it's about knowing your name, yes. which I love, yeah. and knowing you have value and matter. Um, I also want to say this. One of the things that Jordan's ministry does, and you're vital to, is if someone comes and hears all the truth and decides not to do what we would consider the right thing, and then that's make sure your baby has life, and you go out and, and you choose abortion, let me tell you what, they're still going to love you. Amen. You still Amen. can go back. If you go back later and say, I, I know you told me and, and, and I wished I hadn't done it, then your, yep. your team is going to yeah. rally around you yes. and say, hey, we're there for you. But um, as we were getting ready for tonight, and if you're watching this, maybe later, but as we were getting ready for this moment, I looked at Pam and said, I think there's a real chance a 17-year-old girl might be watching who needs to hear this. And then Pam looked right at me and said, I think there might be a mom who's pressuring her daughter into abortion that needs to hear this. And I feel like the Lord just put it on her heart because you may be watching right now or you may be here. And we've got good news for you. Jordan brought it out the best. You have more choices than you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and those are good choices, you know, out there. And, and you need to know that. You need to know that.
and we want to make sure you have a way to find that. Crossroads will help you. You can email me, Chuck at CrossroadsChurch.com. I'll help you. Info at CoronaLife.org and definitely get help. And uh, we want to be a part of doing that. Um, let me just say it as clearly as I can. The enemy has said things that are not true. So let me say the truth. We love the baby and we love the mom. Yes. We love the unborn child and we love the mother who's carrying that child. Yep. We believe in the rights of women. We, by the way, this church has taken shots for that. Did anybody know that? Mm -hmm. But we also believe in the rights of the baby. And we believe that it's not about a choice you make about your body. Because let me say this. This might sound really controversial. If for every woman out there, that baby is not your body. That baby has a body. Mm -hmm. And so we want you to do the right thing, period. Because God calls you to do it. Mm -hmm. And so as Christians, it's not about the government. As Christians, it's about Jesus. And it's about what he teaches. Amen. And uh, we do not want to be conformed to this world, but we want to be transformed. Right. Yep. So if you're here tonight and you're not close to a God who could love you like a father, you have not come to know the love of Jesus the way he wants you to know it. Wow, we want that for you. Mm -hmm. If you're here tonight and you need healing from hurt or pain from something you've done or something you've experienced, we want you to know that love. We want you to know that care. And uh, it may be on the issue of abortion. It may not. Some of you, you know what I might have hurt tonight is that you lost a baby. And you're not able to have a child right now. And you need help and love and care. Because that hurts. And, and we want to be there for you too. But Jesus wants to be there for you. For some of you, it might be that you, you think, you know what, I listening to this, it's just, it just, so many things in my life aren't right. Well, Jesus wants to get those right, and he can. So tonight, no matter what you might need, Jesus has the answer, and that's true. And I want to invite you to either commit or recommit your life to Christ. So right now, I want to do that. This I want all of you who love the Lord, here or online, to pray for people who need to say yes to Jesus. Pray for people who need to open their heart to the Lord. And I want you to do it. Let's pray. Father, is there someone here right now or someone watching who needs your love because you know who they are? Lord, you know who they are and you have your eye on them now. And Lord, you know them by name and you know everything about them. And you want them to know love. You want them to know hope. You want them to know healing. Lord, right now you see them. Maybe it's someone who's wrestling with something and they don't know what to do and they're afraid and they're scared. I pray right now they'd know your love. Maybe it's someone who's about to make a choice that deep down inside they know is wrong. They know it's wrong. And Lord, now's the time they can be saved from not making that choice. I pray they'd open up their heart to you. Lord, maybe it's a, a guy who's here and he, he's hurting right now because he thought, you know what, I, I can't believe I did what I did and I can't believe what happened happened and I don't know how to get through it anymore, Lord. And the Lord, I know you can get him through and will get him through. 
Maybe it's someone who's about to lose their family, lose their job, lose something and because they're just heading the wrong way. God, I pray now that they'd listen to you. Or maybe there's someone here who's lost it already, but they can now get, a, get back a life that's amazing and incredible. Maybe different, but incredible. Right now, the Lord loves you. He'll always love you. But some, you may need to make that decision. You may need to open your heart. You may need to come to Him. And I pray you will. But the way you come is first by praying a prayer and saying, I want to give my life to you. And then after you do that, you got to make it known. So let's pray. Right now, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And even if you're not sure, just say it. Say it and see what happens and see it change. Say, I know you love me. I know you love me because he does. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. And I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. And he will. Say, I pray you'll free me and heal me from hurt and pain. And he will. And say, I want to give my life to you. And I want to live with you and for you. And I want to know your love. So I say yes to you. Say, I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. And if you prayed that prayer and you're online, I'm going to ask you to do this. Text AMEN to 77247. Somehow, someway, a phone, a tablet, uh, somehow, text AMEN, meaning the truth, to 77247. And we're going to get right back to you. And we want to give you some materials and give you help and pray with you and for you to help you grow in the Lord. But when you make it known you've made this decision, something happens very meaningful. So text AMEN to 77247.